The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, it is Halloween here on the East Coast for another 43 minutes, and this was a, a Halloween-type UFC event. First time in promotional history the UFC ran an event on Halloween. There was some blood. There was some gore. There were some finishes. Overall, pretty damn good night for the UFC in their return home to Las Vegas after a five-week trip to Fight Island, and the Halloween spirit is is amongst the crew here. <laughs> Welcome to the UFC Phase 12 post-fight show. I am Mike Heck, being joined by Alex Kaylee and E. Casey Lydon. Casey, what the hell are you wearing? Like, what is that costume? Am I, I, am I just I've been so wor- out of touch? I've been working out. Um, I, I, when you, I was, I'm, I'm cutting weight to see what it feels like to be a fighter. But um, this is my muscle suit. If you watch a... Uh, <laughs> now I forgot what it's called. Uh, attack a... Uh, Japanese anime. I just can't. For some reason, my mind is Attack on right Titan. Attack on Titan. <laughs> Sorry, there was a. There was um. Who is that over there? Who is that? It's me, guys. It's, <laughs> oh, me. Dog, it's, I, it's not a monkey man. It's Alexander Kaylee here. Come on now. You guys thought it was a monkey man on the show? Oh. No, man. it's me. I'm here. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare anyone, but uh, it's Halloween, right? <laughs> How you doing, hey, AK? I'm great. I I am I am great. Well, I'm cool to see the mask. I spent like three dollars on that mask, so and not even recently. Three dollars well uh, spent, my friend. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I know uh, it's been a long wait to start the post-fight show. That uh, we had an eventful, I'd say somewhat of an eventful post-fight presser uh, from what I saw from Dana White and Bryce Mitchell and Ryan Hall. But uh, you know, we can talk about that and, and and other stuff as we as we progress through this show here. Well, you know, kind of like we talked about off air and how we wrapped the last show off. I mean, we had like 45 minutes before Dana White even got up there. So we answered some questions. We broke down a lot of the big storylines, the bonuses, all that stuff. Trolls in the comments, try and fight Casey now. Hiya, Jessica from Crystal Crew. But AK, we didn't get your take on the main event. Uriah Hall 
puts away Anderson Silva in round four. It seemed like Anderson Silva was looking pretty darn good. I'd say like 13, 14 minutes into that fight, he was probably winning it until he got dropped to the end of the third and then ultimately finished in the fourth. Dana White comes out and says, that's it. I shouldn't even let this man fight. I shouldn't even let this man fight, he said afterwards. But he said he will not be fighting again in the UFC. Before we talk about that, which I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions about, give us your thoughts on the main event, how Silva looked at 45 years of age in, in this main event, and how Uriah Hall was able to sort of overcome what happened in those first 13, 14 minutes or so and get the finish. There's uh, there's still a magic to watching Anderson Silva perform, isn't there? I mean, we I think most of us picked Hall. I think most people uh, making any sort of serious assessment of the fight saw it for what it was, which is, again, two guys with somewhat similar styles. Uh, Silva, one of the greatest strikers of all time. Maybe still, you could argue, a superior striker to uh, most people at 185, including Ryan Hall, but also 45 years old, having lost a step, maybe a step or two. And in the fight game, see when you're against someone uh, like Ryan Hall, who's really in their prime, uh, that that step or half step or two steps can make all the difference. So it was certainly fun to watch, uh, as you, as we said, and as most people saw, he, he was winning some of those rounds. I, I actually did give the first round to Hall. I may have been out to lunch on that one, but I thought it was close. I gave it to Hall. The next two I was gonna I was given to Silva, or at least the third one I was going to, until of course he got knocked uh, knocked down at the end. So it was, um, but you saw those moments. You saw that stuff that made us that's made us fall in love with Aaron Silva for so many years. And even the ending, if this is the end, which I think a lot of us think it might be in the UFC, might not be uh, overall. We might see Silva fight somewhere else or do some other sort of combat sport. It, it, was, it was a really beautiful moment. And and it's going to stick with me for a long time, the Uriah Hall going over to him and, and saying, I love you, and apologizing, and just bawling. This wasn't like an elegant, uh, planned you know, moment. This was a really, really an emotional fighter. Uriah Hall's an emotional fighter, having an emotional moment in front of everyone uh, for everyone to see. And uh, Andrew Silva responding in kind, really acting like the elder statesman he is and saying you loved him back and uh, giving him some words of wisdom. So it, it, a very cool thing, which I think we'll, we'll reflect on for a long time. Something Uriah Hall is definitely going to remember uh, for the rest of his life. I would agree with that. It was, uh, it was an interesting fight. It was fun while it lasted. It was kind of like everything we expected it to be. Uriah Hall was like, wow, I'm fighting Anderson Silva for the first 10 minutes, and then eventually he got comfortable, and the fight played out the way that it did. So congratulations, Uriah Hall. Now we try to figure out what's next for Anderson Silva. And it was funny because, like, what else is Anderson? What else did Anderson Silva have to say to convince everybody that this was not going to be his last fight ever? Like, he said it in every single interview, but yet the UFC pushed the narrative the entire time. It's like a, a freaking Anderson Silva tribute the entire time, his final fight. Even though Anderson Silva, like, three days ago, was like, We'll see how this one goes, but it's probably not going to be my last fight. Like, it's just crazy that the UFC just basically were like the uh, the entire night pushing him right out the door, no matter what happened in that fight. It was just very interesting to see. Uh, but AK, before we get to the questions, because we're going to fire right into the into the peep. So leave your questions, thoughts, comments on the event in the uh, in the comments section. And we're going to pull those up immediately. But AK, we didn't get your degree of difficulty score heading into this event. And I know some people like to frown well, upon it, but well, still... I'm curious to uh, to get your overall assessment, a grade, if you will, for tonight's event, because I thought it was pretty damn good. Well, I, I think I mentioned on uh, the last time we did on to the next one, and it's kind of one of the reasons I didn't do the preview show is because I, I think it's time to retire this scale when referring to sporting events. I think it still works for, for other forms of media, specifically movies. It really was designed to rate movies. Uh, but I think there's just so many intangibles and so many so many ways that uh, fight cards can like surpass our expectations. It's really difficult to put 
an actual ceiling on them and kind of judge their potential entertainment value. Plus, there's different forms of entertainment. Like uh, when we were talking about MMA, do you judge the quality of a card by how many finishes there were, how much star power was on it, how competitive the fights were? Storylines, again, like we saw tonight, like if we're just rating the ending of the night, the ending was a 10. It was just a great, great combat sports moment. I don't know how people view the rest of the card or how that rating of that moment would affect the card score on average. But really, I think uh, I think my, my trying to give a pre-fight rating I, I don't know if it makes sense anymore. So I'm officially retiring the gymnastics scale for uh, UFC events and MMA events in general on this on this episode of uh, our post flight show. Well, All right, well, someone retired one tonight. To, wow. All right, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. scale of one, to sc- scale of one to ten. What do you grade the card? I'll, I'll give it a solid eight. It, it it really nailed the landing. It really nailed the landing. That that that's what I'll say. I think uh, regardless of some of the other. I, I thought it was a pretty entertaining card throughout. I mean, look, we had a lot of finishes. And again, I, I'm not I, – like as I was kind of just saying, I don't think finishes are necessarily you know, what, def- what define what makes a good card. But I don't think anyone's going to argue that they were entertaining. You know, um, you could say something about the quality of competition, but they were they are entertaining finishes. They're finishes that for the winners will stand out, become part of their highlight reel, become part of their package for, for the rest of their time in the UFC. So, so in that sense, it was good. And then again, like I said, the ending – just a mesmerizing uh, fight for what it was in the main event. And then everything after was, was really, really beautiful. Casey, let me ask you this because we watched these scrums. We got Dana White, then we got Bryce Mitchell and then we got Uriah Hall and Dana White came in a little bit grumpy. Then the talk about Adesanya versus Jan Blachowicz, which is interesting. The light heavyweight title coming up sometime, I assume in 2021, maybe sooner that kind of put a smile on his face, but coming in, he felt that he made a mistake even booking Anderson Silver in this fight and, and regretted it watching it in the aftermath. So after hearing what Dana White had to say, what did you think of the whole thing and, and how he reacted to the fight? It was just odd. I don't, I don't, I just didn't get it. Like, um, even, even as a promoter, like, I mean, he, he, he shit on Uriah Hall. I mean, like, he didn't even go like, Man, Anderson Silva clearly isn't the same guy, but man, Uriah Hall, he brought it tonight, which he did. He did, I thought. I mean, I, and he did it when he needed to. You know, he, he obviously kind of, you know, took his time, but when he felt it was time to go, Uriah Hall was there and he showed up and we got the Uriah Hall that has advertised. Um, I just, clearly something, clearly something's going on behind the scenes with Anderson Silva and Dana White in the UFC and. I mean, the whole Dana White's, I've never talked bad about your uh, Anderson Silva's. Like, dude, I was in Abu Dhabi for that fight against Maya. I was in, I shot the interview where you just said it was the most, like, just embarrassing performance ever in the UFC. Like, I was there. Like, what are you talking about, man? So, uh, yeah, everyone was just moody tonight. It was odd. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, because maybe, we had to wait for the presser. Maybe they were, I don't know. Everyone just sounded like they were ready to go home. I don't know. Um, I don't, it was, it was a weird mood. It was a weird mood. AK, what is your gut telling you? Is that the last time we've seen Anderson Silva fight? Oh, no. Heck no. <laughs> no, no. I thought you were going to ask me about Dana White's demeanor. I, I want to comment on Dana White's demeanor really quickly. Sure. Sorry, Mike. Uh, I'll just say, uh, I'll say he also, I think it just seems he's a bit burnt out. Uh, I'm not going to make an excuse for him being crusty and being a bad promoter. We know he's a bad promoter. Like that's not new uh, for, for him to criticize Uriah Hall and then also crap on uh, Andrew Silva as far as saying like, oh, I shouldn't have made this fight happen, blah, blah. Because the fight wasn't that bad. Yeah. I think like for him, for him to, to, it's again, to kind of downplay this moment. He should have, he should have 
waxed a little more poetic about it. I mean, he doesn't have to say it was like the greatest moment he's ever seen, but it'll be a little more honest about kind of how genuine the moment was. Um, so that's not new. This is this is classic Dan White of somehow being able to turn take one fight with two marketable people and uh, and and somehow make. Uh, some crap on both of them. We've seen this before. I don't know why he does it. Uh, it's terrible. But I'll say, why does he seem so kind of particularly crusty now? He was a bit short in Abu Dhabi as well. I don't know if you remember the last uh, Abu Dhabi press conference. I think he was up there for less than 10 minutes, which is very uncommon for him. I think he might be a little bit burnt out. I'll just say he's, let's, he is a human being, you know, regardless of how you feel about Dana, he is a human being. He's been traveling a lot. He's, he's, he's running the same schedule that we are with events, but probably doing, you know, and, and doing a lot of work is very involved. So I think it's just, uh, yes, there might be some stuff going on backstage with Andrew Silva and other fighters and who knows, who knows what else, but also he's just been doing a lot of these press conferences. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there you go. So Uri Hall gets finished. Bryce Mitchell gets a big win over Andre Feely. Greg Hardy finishes Boris Green. In the second round of their heavyweight fight, Kevin Holland gets another finish. He goes to 4-0 in 2020. What a year that man has had. And just so many, like, bumps in the road, too. Different opponent changes, last-second fights, like, all this craziness. He is 4-0, and Bobby Green could not go to 4-0. Tiago Moises gets a decision win. And that one, to kick off the main card, the bonuses, Kevin Holland, Alexander Hernandez, who looked outstanding tonight, Adrian Yanez, what a knockout that was. And then Miles Johns, the first fight of the night with a uppercut from hell. Should, should Uriah Hall not have got a bonus instead of Kevin Holland? I mean, I think all the guys just – I think just everyone who gets finishes should get bonuses. But if we're going to say the four best, Kevin Holland, it was cool but kind of a scary thing and not something I'd want to – and it's not his fault that uh, you know Charlie Antaveras might have landed in an awkward way. But, I mean, that finish was more scary than like impressive. Uh, I'm surprised that Uriah Hall for the, a really, really nice knockout of, and, of Andrew Silva. And against a, a – wasn't he a welterweight coming in on like, what, a day's notice? Two days? Yeah, very, no, this time he had like a, a little less than two weeks, I think. So, oh, this, this point it was two weeks? Okay. I think oh. so, yeah. Uh, Kevin No. No, uh, the guy came out – he came out Thursday. Like, he was out – because Kevin Holland was scheduled for the media day on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, and then they didn't show up, him and his opponent. I forgot his opponent's name. And they got well, a new Holland, Oh, sorry. So you're right. Holland three days in right. Three days. Yeah, yeah. And so was and so was Antaveras. Remember, he was in for Moradov. Yeah, Antaveras yeah. was three days. You're right. Three days. Yeah, yeah. three days, Casey. Yeah. And Holland replaced uh, Christoph Jocko. Yeah, so he got like so. a little under two weeks' notice. Yeah. So yeah. what a year that man's had. But, I, mean, uh, yeah, I mean, great, great, great victory for Holland. I'm just kind of surprised he got the 50K yeah. when, when there were all these other big knockouts against more and more competitive fights, you know, yeah. proper, no, guys of proper no, preparation. But. Normally, a finish in the main event gets you a bonus. That's they're pretty consistent with that. Uh, so I'm surprised one in, that is such a, 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 a main event that like uh, the show relied on so much. Like this was marketing wise like a two fight card. Uh, so normally you would give someone in the main event a bonus, especially when they finish in such a such a dramatic way. But like I said, congratulations for Holland. I wouldn't I want to take anything away from yeah. him. They should just be they should just be giving out more bonuses. If you get a, if you get a finish, you should get a bonus. Okay, if it's if it's controversial, we can talk about it. But the default should be you get a finish, you get a, you get extra cash. I, I, I thought Jay, I thought Jason Witt got the biggest hose job of all. Mm. A submission. I mean, that was a. I mean, he 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 put it on him every second of that fight. And Cole Williams missed weight by four and a half pounds, a massive weight miss. And listen, I, I understand that you're getting forty percent of his purse, but Cole Williams only been in the UFC. That was only a second fight. He's probably making twelve and twelve. So what did he get? Like three grand. Yeah, extra. It's, yeah. You know, it's nothing after taxes. It's like, caca. He'll be able to 
get some buffet at the you know at the Las Vegas airport if if he's lucky. But I mean, I thought he deserved a bonus, but it is what it is. Congratulations to Johns, Giannis, Hernandez, and Holland. Uh, Holland's making some bank this year, so good on him. Get uh, rid of the four bonus limit. Get rid of the four bonus limit. It is so asinine. It just makes no sense. It's, it's, do you want people to? They want people to pursue finishes. So just say, yeah, we're gonna pay you fat stacks if you get a finish. So reward. If you're not gonna get rid of the the win, uh, the the show win system, then at least start giving more bonuses out. This is ridiculous. I have talked to like other fighters who got finishes on cards that didn't get bonuses, and the UFC usually kicks them a couple extra bucks. So, not like not fifty Gs, ain't 50 Gs, but, ain't fifty Gs, but you know, we go from the fat stacks to like the I don't know. I mean, t- technically, it's the stack, medium, yeah. medium, <laughs> medium stacks. stacks. Hey guys, do I look fat? You look like Autumn on steroids. Yeah. Like I feel like I sort of like lay you out and rake you up and throw you <laughs> in a trash bag. I think technically you have no fat. <laughs> walked right into it walked right into it yes i, love I you, thought we we're gonna lose ak, AK I, the love you. I, love, I, I love you ak i love you i love you Candy. i love you guys i love you guys <laughs> question let's go to the so, yeah yeah let's go to the beat. i love you i love you i'm so sorry i'm so sorry, <laughs> sorry. that's my uh um, my hall <laughs> i got emotional the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This isn't really a question. It's more of a comment, but I'd like to talk about it. From long time. Long time viewer. Long time viewer. Tristan Gordad, usually usually I I appreciate everything you say, but why why do you think that? Because in my my humble opinion, and this is just me, I thought Anderson Silva won like the first 13 minutes of that fight. At least in my eyes. I definitely think he won the first two rounds. I think he was on his way to winning the third until he got dropped, and then he got finished in the fourth. So I don't think it's fair to say he had no business being in there. Uh, I guess 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's strong no matter what. Because I was going to say, could you reframe that as he had no business being in there with a ranked opponent? But like you said, he was doing really well against a ranked opponent, right? It's just, it's just the speed, the chin. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just not quite there anymore. So yeah, I, I don't think I can agree with this statement. What kind of opponent should Anderson be in the cage with at this point? Diego that's Sanchez. another question. <laughs> Diego, Stan- yeah, sure. I like honestly. Uh, maybe it's something we can touch upon in uh, in our our, our uh, matchmaking show, uh, Mike. I'm not sure. We normally we only cover the winners, uh, and again, especially we don't cover guys who could potentially not be fighting in the UFC again. But um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Yorah Hall was a, was a good matchup for him, at least as far as uh, stylistically they're similar, which is what we saw, and it's like kind of what got what we expected. Um, the only fear was that yeah he'd be on the end of a highlight reel KO, which is also what happened. So it's kind of weird. It's I feel like we got everything we wanted. We got to see a good Anderson Silva performance, and we also got to see Uriah Hall take out a legend, which I'm not not sure that's what people want to see, but I think it's one of the outcomes that was positive for fans and positive for the UFC. So um, no, I I just in a, we are in disagreement on this one. Yeah and yeah go ahead. Yeah, I was just and like Dana just like crapping on the second round. Like, there was only 11 strikes. I was like, I watched the second round like. I don't remember it being that horrible. I don't. I mean, to me, I was like, no, this is an this is an Anderson Silva fight, and this is a Uriah Hall fight. Neither of those guys have massive high output. They're very, you know, very patient. Let's just call it that. You know, they look great in highlight reels, but if you kind of watch the whole fight, a lot of times, you know, yeah, there's gonna be times where they're just kind of like, you know, remember they were just kind of patting each other's hands. It felt like for like a minute, you know. But these guys are super high level, very dangerous strikers. We're educated MMA viewers. We we know what's we we know we know. Just give it time. Let let it let it simmer. You know. So I was just, I, yeah. I was just, I was, I'm still confused. But Dana just trashing the main event. But by saying Silva had no business in there, I, I mean we saw we saw Jack Marshman and Sean Strickland. You know they're two two middleweights. I, well, you don't think Silva could compete with Sean Strickland or Jack Marshman? Like I don't understand. Like to me, Anderson Silva is still better than 50 percent of the UFC middleweights. Now, does UFC want to pay Anderson Silva that type of money to be a mid-tier middleweight? That's a different story. That's business. But no, Anderson Silva is still a a competitive middleweight. You know, so uh, Tristan, keep watching. Love your comments, but gotta gotta smash you on this one. He he has added. Uh, Tristan has added. He's just he just doesn't look the same. He's not the same. Oh, I was like, yeah, he's, he's not. He's forty five. <laughs> Yeah, he's 45. You're, 45. You're, that, that, he's 40. That statement, I can, that statement I can agree with. He's yeah. scientifically not the same. He's 45. <laughs> uh, 45 years young, okay? 45 years young. He's got a lot a lot left in the tank. And fighting, I don't know. But he's, lot to, he's got a lot to contribute to the martial arts world and to life in general. So, uh, yes, of course, he doesn't look the same. But uh, he looked competitive. That, I think, is indisputable. Yes. He landed a spinning back kick to the <laughs> calf of Uriah Hall. Yeah, to that the can't calf. Be- that can't feel good. <laughs> no, that was wild. So he still had some tricks up his sleeve. Hey, come he on. Just, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it sucks to watch your, I don't want to say heroes, but, you know, these legends of sport. It sucks when they get knocked out. You don't, you don't, it doesn't feel good, you know, to watch as a fan, you know. But it was still cool. It's Anderson Silva, man. He was doing all this, you know, his things and stuff. I don't know. You know, it was, it was fun to watch. I don't, I don't he's get it. He's playing the greatest hits. He's playing taking care of business. <laughs> you know, yeah. He's like, you know, he's, he's playing the hits. There you go. And, you know, the, the man makes a paycheck and, you know, he gets to feed his family, you know, live a good life. So I have no issue with it. Dude, coming out to Ain't No Sunshine tonight, I got chills. Yeah, it was Absolute fun. chills. Was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. What's next for Kevin Holland? Should he get a top 10? I'm Sandy Pham. 
I don't know. I don't think it's top. I don't. I don't think it's top ten. Uh, I think we just. I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of good. It's oh, Mike Perry. What are we doing? <laughs> I I like the Mike Perry idea. I do. Well, I like the Mike Perry idea. Sure. I like it too. But if we're talking middleweight, let's say let's say let's say top ten middleweight. Let's say top ten middleweight. Okay, middleweight. Let me throw in, let me throw a name out. Like a few names out here for you. Uh, a couple actually. Calvin Gastelum. Don't dislike it. Well, that's a top ten, so that's a top ten opponent. So Calvin's on what two? He just he he, he lost he three had, three fight three losing, fight streak. losing streak. Three? That's count, counting counting at Edison, yeah. So two oh, yeah, non title yeah. two non title fights, but, but yes, three, three, fight kind of seemed not to happen. But three yeah. fight losing streak. I mean, that's the top ten guy that I don't think it would be unreasonable to match up. I don't see it happening. I'm just I'm just speaking strictly to the hypothetical you know point of this question. Uh, I like I, that wouldn't be crazy. Like yeah, it. that wouldn't be crazy. And uh, uh, Jacare, don't like it. No, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I do. I, 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 the, the Kelvin I one. Stop! <laughs> I had you. I had you. Isn't Jacare fighting somebody? I think I so. Think so, yes. I'm trying to think who who it is off the top of my head. I'm getting tired. This is why we. This is why we need. Uh, you know, we thought we had an early. We thought we had an early night, and then it's suddenly not being an early night. <laughs> I have uh, had. I have had quite a day. Yeah. So understand. Jacare is fighting Vittori. Vittori got his That's big shot. Right. Yeah, That's go. number right. Number December 12th. Well, here's December 12th. Okay, so here's here's my other suggestion. If something happens with that fight to either individual, you slide Kevin Holland right in there, especially if it's Jacare who falls out. But, then we get we get Holland Vittori, which would make Holland very happy. But no Holland in November? Well, I mean, if you, listen, if you can, if you if they could book him a fight in November, great. So we've got August, September. You guys fought three months in a row. Three months in a row. I'm used to it now. I'm kind of like, yeah, this is what? I'm, I'm, like, I'll, I'll be craving it, you know. I, need... I think ESPN Plus subscribers are like, my, it's is this? It's in my contract, right? One Kevin Holland fight a month. Because if it's not, that's what they, they certainly think it is, and they've certainly gotten used to that. So again, we don't have ESPN Plus up here, but I'm saying you guys down there with ESPN Plus, you've been getting some sweet, sweet, sweet monthly dose. Of Kevin Holland, I don't think it would suck if you didn't see it in November. Let's do. It. I mean, I, I like the Perry idea. I think that would be great. And Perry, Perry even said, "I'll fight at 185." Yeah, against Shemaev. And, and, and Holland said, "Well, I'm gonna get a catchweight because he, he doesn't want to do welterweight, but he'll say he'll, he'll do 180." So, um, if, 75, if, 80, 85. If the UFC is still gonna book Mike Perry despite what's going on outside the cage, which we're not gonna talk about because that's that's a. I just, it's too late for that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that seems like the fun fight the book. Holland is uh, one of the most entertaining guys in the UFC right now. Is that fair to say? Yes. Sure. Both, both personality-wise and also, I think, performances. Like, I, I, I mentioned in my predictions that one of the, the reasons he's perfect for taking these short-notice fights is he's so adaptable. He's so adaptable. Like, remember the Joaquin Buckley fight? It took him, like, a round, a round and a bit to figure Buckley out because Buckley's kind of unorthodox and kind of crazy. And a lot of guys that would throw them off, but Hall is just kind of like, oh, okay, this is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna do. I'll, I'll, I'll play your game a little bit, figure you out, and then I'm gonna play my game, right? Um, he's gotten better at doing that second part more, implementing his game as opposed to kind of futzing around and like he, he does he does kind of mess around in positions that sometimes he shouldn't because he's like I think he's like one of those guys who likes to challenge himself. But he's he's just really really fun to watch, um, just as far as you know how he fights and how he how quickly he adapts and his his attitude in the fight. I think he took like an axe kick in the first round. He's just like. He like pointed off. I don't know what he was he was gesturing, but he just kind of like you know acknowledging it. And like yeah, nice axe kick, buddy. And then he later slammed uh, Ontiveros on his head. So didn't, fun guy. Didn't like, Holland's history? Didn't Dana pass on him on the Contender Series? Was that was it Holland I, I'm thinking of? He, 
he did. I think you're right. I don't think he got a contract. Yeah, he actually won the contender series, and Dana was like, he talks too much. Was, was he that guy? The guy that. Yeah, he fought a guy that he should have murked. And I like no disrespect to Will Santiago, right. but he should have went in there and finished him in like a minute. But instead, he decided to talk a bunch of noise and won a decision. So right, Dana right. was like, no. But it, they brought him in two months later to fight Tiago Santos on like a week's notice anyways. In a competitive fight, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah he, comp- you know, I wasn't big. On, actually, I, I didn't know anything about Kevin Holland, but I remember that fight. I was like, dude, this guy came in. Is to me a welterweight came in like on a day's notice, fight Tiago Santos, and it was competitive and fun. So I was like, no, this guy clearly is a talent, and um, we're gonna see lots of Kevin Holland. I don't know how how I how high up the rankings he'll ever go. I mean, in my mind, I don't see him fighting for a title, but he is going to be in the UFC for a while. And we're gonna see him a lot, so I'm excited. Yeah, how old? I'm trying to see. How, what is he? 26, 26 He's twenty seven. Oh, he just he just turned. He'll be twenty eight uh, on Monday. Yes. Well, yeah, November 5th. Right? November 5th. Correct. Sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, so, so Thursday. Thursday. Good. Yeah. Happy birthday, Kevin Holland. Happy birthday, Kevin Holland. 50 uh, Gs. 28 years young and 50 Gs richer. Yeah. yeah. What will be the opening odds for the Izzy Yan fight? Minus 200 for Izzy, perhaps. That's a good question. The That's Toker. A great question. The Toker. Very good. <laughs> so, wait, is, is, this, is this one of those Dana White announces? We, so, we don't, this isn't official, right? It's. I mean, obviously, it's not official, but you know, he uh, he answered it pretty flatly because okay. uh, I think I think it was I think did Okamoto was the first one to report it. I think. Yeah, Dana interviewed did an interview with Okamoto. Yeah, with ESPN. Yeah. So ESPN reported first, and then uh, someone followed up with it at the, at the press conference. And he, his answer was like, yeah, yeah, that's what's that's what's next. So how official? I don't know. Has Izzy tweeted about it? I know John Jones did. I'm not gonna. I shouldn't acknowledge it, but he did. It uh, it makes sense. <laughs> this is the fight that makes sense. I mean. I, I, the UFC, if they're not going to book the rematch with Whitaker, this this is really the only big money fight for Izzy if Izzy wants to make a big paycheck. So, um, Adesanya has not acknowledged the announcement yet, so we don't know. Yeah. Um, we don't know how official this is. But so that's why I figure. I mean, is he coming? Is he coming to the U.S. to corner a teammate for a contender series fight? That's nice and all, but. There's no way he wasn't doing some serious business while he's here. <laughs> I really wish that both guys would just get their chance to defend their titles. Um, but again, uh, I'm also not against an Izzy. I mean, obviously, I think an Izzy Yan fight sounds freaking great. So uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poo poo that idea. If that's what they're working on next, and that's what happens, I'll be super excited when it becomes official. Um, but I'm you know I'm kind of the old school. I do wish uh, Izzy could get a couple of a couple more middleweight title defenses. I already has some. I'd like Yan to get at least one. Though I guess this would be one if he beats uh, Izzy. So I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm just nitpicking. I'm just nitpicking. I think minus two hundred is very realistic. Yeah, I think Izzy would be the favorite name. I think he's a little more familiar um, to uh, to mainstream fans right now and mainstream betters more importantly. So uh, yeah, he has that cachet. Minus two hundred. Yeah, I'd be surprised. And it might even move uh, in his favor. It might even get like minus two twenty something like that uh, by the time Fight Night rolls around. So um, yeah, not a bad bet. Yeah, I would say Izzy. Yeah, it, not minus two hundred sounds right and. Just a, I think this is a great fight for the UFC in the sense that if Jan wins, gives them more star power. They need they they Jan needs that star power, um, and if Izzy wins, obviously, then ooh, <laughs> hello, Mr. John Jones. Yeah, I, yeah mean, I don't think it hurt, I don't think it hurts you. I don't think Holloway was hurt too badly when he lost like uh, yeah. lost to Poirier, right? It was like it was a great wow. fight. He lost. I don't think it hurt his reputation that much. Is he? I think it would hurt though if he does lose because he does have that O on his, this, on yes. his record, and um, losing that O would be, you know, 
that I think that I think yeah, it, it still means a lot, especially especially for a champion. Would that be February, probably? Uh, I think that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. Yeah, because I don't think they're gonna be able to book Izzy on before the end of the year. That seems highly unlikely. Um, Unless you put it on the Connor card, but that's a main but event. If you're gonna- if you're going to wait till February, why not do – well, I guess, again, no, you can't do Whitaker because he said April, May. He said he's turning April, May yeah. for a comeback. So that's that's out of the question. And again, uh, and Dana White, Dana White was like, well, then the, you guys asked Whitaker about it and he said, no, I don't want the title fight. He didn't say that. Yeah, he, said, he did not What was that, that from? He said, he, said, he said he's not going to beg for a title fight. He said, Terrible. I'm not fighting till March, April, May. Like I want to be with my family, get a kid on the way that's going to be born in January. Like I'm, I'm taking time off. I'm not, I'm not in a rush. He didn't say he wasn't gonna fight for the title. He just said, yeah. "I'm I'm wait I'm I'm sitting out till April. I got family stuff." That's just dumb. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that's just dumb. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Till Till and Hermanson now. Uh, I mean, I feel like if one of them, if Till has like an impressive performance, shouldn't you still consider him for the title show? Again, we don't know how far course, along this yeah. Yon negotiations is, but that's kind of that's kind of sucks for for uh, Till and Hermanson. I'm I'm sure it's not gonna affect them that much, like mentally their preparation, but. That did feel like a number one contenders fight. Um, now we don't know what it is. Yeah, we'll see. Fun fight. I Can't just don't complain. know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Whitaker. I mean, it, it's tough to like give Till the shot over Whitaker and Hermanson. Nice guy, but not really a big draw. I don't know. What's if, it, What's it going to take for Hermanson to become a draw? How about that? Um, I don't know. Is, 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 does he just not have that it factor? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I li- I like her man. Yeah, that's I the think thing. I mean, I, I don't I don't understand fight. too. I, I don't understand the fan. I I think he's good at interviews. Uh, he's an exciting fighter. He, yeah, he finishes he, fights. Finishes fights. He hill hooked, yep. freaking gassed him in like two seconds or something. Like that's insane. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just um, yeah, uh, he kind of confuses me. Uh, why? I, and I get it too. Like I don't, I don't see Hermanson being like a star, but I just don't know why either. Yeah, I see. I think we say that about a lot of people. He's too nice uh, when it comes to yeah. He's too nice. He's too nice. That that is always a part of it. But um, yeah, what what is that magic formula to being a star? Who knows? To making an Anderson Silva, you might say. Even well, we we discussed it a lot this week. That even Anderson Silva, the formula for turning him into a star was very convoluted and very complicated, and it took a long time. And there's really no way to replicate the, that that particular path that Anderson Silva took. There's like no way to replicate it because uh, I think people forget. Even when he was putting on like highlight reel finishes, he he wasn't like a huge draw, and it wasn't until a little bit later, maybe like the Vitor Damian Maya, which was a terrible fight, but I think it drew okay. And then of course Chelsea, that he really became like a big big mainstream star. So a rival would be good. I don't know if there's like some blood rivalry that Hermanson can develop with Darren Till. Maybe they can make each other stars. But uh, I, again, and now now that we have kind of these murky stakes, that's certainly not going to help things. So. Yeah, looking forward to that fight. Looking forward to Jan uh, and Izzy if that happens. But um, yeah, it's it, I, part of me still wishes we had that traditional champion staying in their divisions and defending their titles. But it's a very different era we live in now. Yeah, I mean, had Cannonier won last Saturday, I think we would have had yeah. we wouldn't we wouldn't even be talking about it. But yep. we, we did, knew which that which is if, why I hated that fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing to gain. Yeah, but thank you, the Toker. I agree. Minus two hundred, probably yep. about right. Yeah, solid prediction. I think. Do, 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 uh, oh, I just lost that question. Ah, uh, you're okay. You happy? You happy? Oh, watch my six six six. Thank you for bringing up tough, the ultimate fighter, 
maybe the greatest reality television show of all time, next to So You Think You Can Dance. Um, look, I, I've watched, I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I have missed seasons of Tough. I've watched almost every season. I think I missed like Tough Brazil 4. Uh, oh, you watched the, watch the foreign ones? Like the, like the ones? Oh, they're so good. <laughs> oh, if you guys never saw the uh, Ross Pearson, uh, the Ross Pearson season, uh, Tough the Smashes, I think it was Ross Pearson and uh, what's his name? Kyle Noak. No, Kyle Noak. George Sotteropoulos. George Sotteropoulos. George Sotteropoulos. That's like one of the best seasons. You'll it's just so much. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to rant. Wait, wait, but Ross, say, wait, wait. Who, Ross Pearson and George Sotteropoulos were coaches on Tough? Uh, I, had no, yes. I had no clue. I know. My first, this is my first day here. World. First day here. I never saw the Chinese edition, which I think was actually what? called like the Chinese edition? Warrior or something. Yeah, and they got like a yoga guy on the show, and he got his ass beaten in like the first episode. I think he left the house. He's like, "This is a huge mistake. I don't know what I'm doing." Um, <laughs> I have, I've only saw part. I only saw that clip. I did not see the whole. I, so they're, they're, I'm behind. I will someday watch them all. Uh, but I'm glad to hear that uh, there will be more seasons coming. So even though it'll make my catching up more difficult, I'm excited. This is they said this is Open Fighter 29. I think who should coach? I'll tell you who should coach. And I've thought about this for a long time. Not current UFC stars. For one thing, often they don't make good coaches. Tony Ferguson, uh, no, sorry, sorry, Brock Lesnar was on there once. Horrible, horrible coach against Shane Carwin. Terrible. Just, oh, sorry, against Junior. And then he ended up fighting Shane. <laughs> My memory is so bad. Uh, but uh, Brock Lesnar was an example of a guy who was on there. Was terrible. Sometimes you get really good ones. Michael Bisping, Jason Miller was an awesome, awesome season that, that the fight was made so much better by the fact they coached against each other. But that's like one out of a lot of fights that one either ended up just didn't need, they didn't need that build up or two didn't happen. Uh, if you want to just go to Wikipedia guys and just check out the last like 10 seasons, there's so many fights that were just derailed by injury. Uh, because look, there's like an eight month gap between filming and the fights actually happening. So a lot of crap can go wrong and often does in MMA as we know. So it's faulty. So I say get good coaches. I would love to see them bring Chael Sonnen back. Awesome, tough coach. She's done multiple seasons. Uh, Matt Sarah was a fantastic tough coach and essentially a de facto coach on the, the the comeback season. So bring back these guys. Don't worry about setting up fights. Bring back guys who are good coaches. Treat it like Iron Chef. You bring back, you rotate like six coaches. There you go. Yeah, you, and you bring these guys in. Rashad Evans, throw him in there. Dean Thomas, I think would be amazing. Guys who have are good on TV, would be good coaches. Uh, and 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 that's the most important thing. Don't worry about trying to build a fight with guy with the show because it just it makes for bad television. Uh, and uh, sometimes the fights don't even happen. So that's my – so who's going to do it? I don't know. Not current fight. My, my picks would be Chel Sonnen and Matt Serra. I think that would be amazing. Who you got? Are the coaches going to fight? No, there's no fight. There's, what? There's so no the coaches fight. only coach? I know. I'm here it's for the crazy. drama, sir. <laughs> it is crazy. I want to see – I don't care if they can fight. I don't care if they can throw punches. I want to know if they're good roommates. We got BJ Penn Edgar three because of the Ultimate Fighter. I don't. I think that fight was booked because they're like, oh, let's have them coaching the show, and then I guess they have to fight at the end. The fight was depressing. It was one of the worst seasons ever. They were, you know, when they do the time stop footage. You're in video case. You know when they do the time stop footage where they show like, oh, here's time passing by. They did one montage where it was just the guy sleeping. It was just them like getting in and out of bed. Like that's how little happened on that episode. So I, what I'm saying is I love the Ultimate Fighter and I'm glad it's back. That's really what really the point. Who would your coaches be, Casey? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, wait. Are they actually oh, – I, 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 no, I don't have an answer. I just don't have an answer. Um, so it's going to be bantamweights and middleweights, they said? Uh, I think so. Middleweights, yeah, middleweight, bantamweight. Who would it be? Who would it be? Who would it be? Who would it be? Oh, man, man, man. I don't know. I, 
this is like this is too much in my brain right now. What, who it's won tough. the last? Who won the last season of The Ultimate Fighter? No one. I should know this, and I'm embarrassed. I'm I'm gonna look it up in a wait, second. Wait, well, wanna, uh, let me. Was I, it Juan Espino? Had to be because it was heavyweight. Oh, heavyweight and oh, and it was two two people cast. So Juan Espino was a heavyweight winner. I am very curious though how a tough is going to work in the new pandemic era. They're doing virtual auditions. Love to yeah. see how those. Yeah, but the house. The house is perfect for it, right? I mean, the house. Well, is yeah, but, but but are you are you quarantined? Are you are is there? But there's a crew there. The crew is like half the half the people in the house will be crew, like sound guys, camera people. Like there's oh, there's a lot of things. We'll stay at a hotel. We'll stay at a designated hotel, right? It'd be a little bit complicated, but yeah. I heard I if you just if it's all mental. I was watching the post presser, the whole COVID, <laughs> COVID thing. <laughs> <laughs> too soon too soon uh, we can't we, we can't we're not gonna go there <laughs> it's tough to, it's it's tough to say who's coaching because they're gonna film this thing yeah it's just if it's gonna air in march they're gonna start filming probably in like january so you, there's like a couple of like easy matchups that you could do but if they're gonna have the coaches fight then the fight can't be till like may or june so Man, I mean, th- and think about it too. The not not only do the contestants and the crew have to be bubbled; these UFC champs or these high-profile fighters, whoever they're going to be coaches, they also have to be quarantined and in a bubble or whatever for like two, three months. Like, yeah, it, it's complicated. If if, if Tough is going to do it, the same thing as they did before, it's actually very complicated with the the world the way it is yeah and there's another reason why i wouldn't want to throw two stars in there if i'm being honest it's just again who knows what kind of companies to be uh and <laughs> i guess i guess guys like chill and matt sarah might not want to volunteer for that though but hey you pay them enough they'll do it yeah i mean uh, yeah. covington yeah. and mazadal no don't put any stars in there <laughs> i mean listen they, 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 we can do it virtual we can do skype classes i don't know it's all <laughs> everyone else is doing it i mean our our kids are doing it so why can't ufc fighters do it <laughs> not my uh, kid. Mark my kid's in school. Yeah, your kid. How's that going? Mark Vinegray. <laughs> Mark Vinegray in the comments. Thank you for answering. Who was the female winner? I should have known this because it's, this was the Macy's, heavy hitter season. Macy Chazon, right? Macy Chazon, yes. Yep, yes right. Because it was the male heavyweights and uh, female featherweights. So it was like the two heaviest like in their weight classes. Like this season's going to be sick. And it, it wasn't a bad season, uh, but it was – not 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 like the best way for for uh, for Ultimate Fighter to go out, but that actually wasn't the bad season. I'll say, wasn't every did every single featherweight right. go to bantamweight pretty much as soon as it ended? Yeah, <laughs> and we all knew they would because I feel like you could just a glance at their topology page, like oh this it's like this woman fought at like flyweight like two fights ago, like she's they're just putting them in there uh, for the sake of the show and and not actually trying to find actual featherweight. So it was a just just a, a debacle. Ooh. I'd love to see Volkanov. I'd love to see like Cejudo in there somehow. This is like how he sure. does that. Yes. Cejudo would be, you know what? That would be perfect. Get these weird semi-retired guys. Uh, <laughs> and again, even, even if it doesn't end up in a fight, that's a guy who's, he's a recent star. He's, he's very much on the front of people's minds. He's, I don't think he's a particularly good talker, but he does love to talk. That's good for TV. He'll do anything. I mean, we know, we know he'll do reality TV antics. You want to you want to know a guy who's going to be corny? TV show antics and Judo's all about that. So I that's actually a really good suggestion. I am so down for Sudo. Alright, what else we got? We spent a lot of time talking about the ultimate fighter. Who else wants to is there another ultimate fighter question? Let's go. This is now the ultimate fighter chat. I am I am so down. Guys, or just right. at me on Twitter if you want to talk about the ultimate fighter. My DMs are open. Casey looks ripped. Just you can see ripped. who's 
You can see who's controlling the questions, can't you? <laughs> that, that was an accident. I, I was trying. I was trying to click this one right here, but um. with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles; we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another tough question. <laughs> what do you think of tough Ferguson versus Chandler? No. No. <laughs> Tony Ferguson is 37 years old. He does not need to waste three, four, five, whatever, whatever, how many months it'll be in that friggin' Ultimate Fighter house. All right? No. Just make that, just book that fight. Let both guys focus on training and nothing else. No, no, That'd both be of you. So much fun, though. <clears throat> Moving on to next week, do you think Jan Jana uh, will beat Claudia? Are we going to see Zhang Wei Li versus Jan? I don't know. She's going to have to beat Claudia Gadelia for that to happen. But it's a good fight. I can't believe that's not the co-main event. Yeah, if we're being honest, look at this card. That should be the co-main event. That's disrespectful. I'm looking at the card now. That's disrespectful. Yeah, I noticed. That's straight up disrespectful. Uh, n- 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 with, with you know, I like Tanner Bozer and Andre Olavsky. I like Ian Heinish and Brendan Allen. They should not be above Claudia Gadelja and uh, Jan Shadan. So, no. Ooh, that's bad. I thought they were the co-main event. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's very bad. People love heavy- heavyweights, bro. They love heavyweights. Uh, I know do I Jan- think she'll be – do I think yeah, she'll be – Do does anybody think that she'll defeat Claudia Gadelja next week? And what should be the co-main event? She could. I'm, yeah, I'm picking could. Claudia, but um, she's she looks impressive and um, she seems to be getting better. So we'll see. Yeah, Yana, Yana's legit, and um, she she's I've said before she's wanted to fight uh, Zhang Weili. They're they're don't they don't train together. They might have trained together in the past. They're not uh, they're not necessarily. I don't think they're necessarily close friends, or they train together. So that'd be a good matchup. And. Unfortunately, I wish it could happen in a card, you know, in in China, uh, you know, or, or somewhere in Asia. But obviously, these, these circumstances can't happen. But um, yeah, that's definitely a fight I would expect to see if uh, Jan wins. I would absolutely expect to see that in twenty twenty one. Sure, yeah, Jan, Jan a minus one forty favor right now. Oh wow! Hmm. Okay, hey, the people, the people know. She's very yeah. legit. Yeah, good fight. Oh, here we go. Without stands, is, without, is this a Tristan Gordet show? He, the man asked good questions. He, he put one stinker out there, but everything you else. Come back. <laughs> you're, you're, come back with a veggie. Tristan, yeah. Without standing finishes by Hernandez and Yanez, have you seen striking that crisp and that clean? It felt like every punch they threw landed flush. Both outstanding performances. Adrian Yanez is a problem at 135. Agreed. Another, uh, another 35er. Yes. Yeah, he is a legit. He, he's legit. He's fun. And now you got to see that he can kick too. That kick was ferocious and it was perfectly timed. It was like poor Victor Rodriguez was just like, I have to escape this, these punches. So I'm going to go this way. And his foot was just waiting for him. Just flap, knocked him right out. It was nasty. And then Hernandez, you can just see like, and th- there were some comments that I saw on Twitter about how the broadcasters were talking about Hernandez and saying that like, that they were crapping on his old team, but, shouting out factory X. I didn't think that way at all. In fact, Hernandez's old coach was in his corner tonight with Mark Montoya. So, Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> listen, it was just Hernandez even said it when I spoke with him that 
when you're the, 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 the big fish in the small pond, you're yeah. winning all the, you're winning every single battle in the gym. You got to go somewhere else. Unfortunately for Alex, he figured that out in the middle of a fight with a guy like Drew Dober as he's <laughs> getting punched in the face. Yeah. I probably should have like be a part of a team somewhere. And now he's, now he's got one. And you could tell that, I mean, listen, Chris Gritzmacher, tough dude. Guy was out for two years. I mean, this isn't like Hernandez beat a top five guy. This isn't like the Darius win, but this is the kind of fight he needed. He hasn't had any of these fights in the UFC. He never got the chance to really grow up. He just got thrust into the Darius fight. And when you knock out a guy like Darius, you're going to get like these really difficult matchups. There you go. So this is, this is a good performance. This is a good confidence booster for him. He's got a new contract with the UFC. I think this is like his third, third or fourth contract with them already. So good fight. On to the next one, AK. We're not going to talk about what's next for Hernandez now. That's an interesting one. That's the one that I'm really yeah. thinking about a lot because there is no like, there's no more like. I'm not saying that Gritzmacher was a layup because he certainly wasn't. Gritzmacher beat the brakes out of Joe Lozon, which is not easy to do. I mean, there's no easy fight for Alex Hernandez. There's no like, there's no more tune-up fights. Everything's a tough matchup for him moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think we need to pump the brakes a little bit because, uh, like, yes, Hernandez looked amazing tonight. Don't get me wrong, but I think he was most of the prelims. Uh, this might have been the closest one, but I believe most of the fights, almost everyone was like a two to one, three. Oh, I'm sorry, no, this was not close. Hernandez no. was a yeah. over <laughs> minus four hundred favorite, depending where you look, but at minus four hundred at that uh, at the very least. So he was one of the heavy. What was the closest? I think Strickland Marshman. Strickland Marshman was one of the closer ones. Uh, or, yeah, oh, it might have been. Just, or maybe Jacoby Ledette. Maybe Jacoby Ledette. Even he was like a two to one, I think. No, oh wow. No, even he was. I'm just looking at it now. So most of the fighters, I know there was a close one, but most of the fighters in the prelims were like three to one, four to one favorites. So, and there's a reason for that. I mean, look, um, we talk about uh, Victor Rodriguez, uh, not an experienced, not a particularly experienced guy, uh, fought for Alaska Fighting Championship, which is a fine promotion, but not the highest level of regional competition, if, if we're being honest. He was a uh, short notice replacement, less than two weeks' notice. So he looked smaller. He looked. I think quite a bit smaller than Yanez. Uh, maybe uh, maybe I'm, that's just how I saw it on TV. So Yanez got to style. He did what he should do facing a bigger competition. But let's pump the brakes a little. Uh, he looked great, of course, on Contender Series as well. We know he's got he's fought for LFA, of course, which is a really really good, probably the best regional competition that you can you can fight at. Um, but again, let's pump the brakes a little. He styled on, on an I think an opponent that he was very very heavily favored against. So and uh, even Hernandez to some degree, like I said, nice win against Lozon for Kitzmacher, but. Huge, massive favorites tonight, and he took care of business. But pump the brakes, pump them. Wow, Tristan, pump the brakes. Tristan, pump the brakes a little. You like you like that cliche. That's, that's your go-to. Cliche. Can I pump the pump the brakes? What was, what was the other Wait, oh. go candy? Uh, can I can I can I can I read a non-Tristan Gordet question? Is that allowed? Uh, hold yeah. on, hold on. Is that allowed? Oh, Oh, you you control no. the questions now? What, what? I, I well, I mean, unless it's unless you, look, look, I guess Tristan and Gordette controls the questions because they keep getting on. So I'm saying you might want to try and control the show. Yeah. We're probably going to talk about him on onto the next one too because he always has suggestions <laughs> for that show as well. <laughs> I watched versus six. Another guy, another regular. Javi versus GSP for the thirtieth tough season. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you call Habib and GSP stars? I mean, I, I would think so. Yeah, so. George St. Pierre is <laughs> what, 40 years old. Yeah, he's old, man. Yeah, that's what I – he's 39. He turns 40 in May. He'll be 40 if we throw him into the tough house. 
I don't want him turning 40 in the tough house. Okay. Let the man enjoy his life. How dare you suggest that for an ultimate fighter? No, that is a waste of both men's lives. Uh, I I love the show. I love the show. One aspect I've hated for years though, is, is that it it does put uh, fighters on the shelves for a long time. So yes, these guys fit in that semi-retired star category or fully retired. I would say definitely GSP's case, but, um, no, I, I please don't. Casey, why do you do this to me? GSP, GSP is busy with the uh, one championship apprentice. Yes, exactly, exactly. He's got and he's got thirty one. million people are going to be watching that. Go watch so. the cost check season again. All right, if you want to see GSP coach, go watch the cost check season again. That was a really good one. Um, Here we go. Let's talk about okay. We got we got actual a fight question from okay. another longtime user. I mean, I, long, I longtime commenter. Oh, I do have a good question. Oh, go, go. I, you have a question? Okay, before I go to this one, oh, wait, no, this, I'll, I'll lose track of this one, so we, we need to talk about him because we haven't mentioned ahead, him yet. Yeah, please, please. Another friend. Waximus won. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. This is the fight. I mean, I was oh. going to let you guys go because I, I know how much just yeah. seeing this makes you guys smile, I but feel that's like, the fight. I feel like we've mentioned this on, on to the next one multiple times. I feel like we've mentioned this on post-fight shows. This is the fight to make. This is 100% the fight to make. High motor, uh, exciting grappler in Bryce Mitchell versus maybe the greatest ground fighter I've ever seen in my life, uh, Ryan Hall, the master of the 50-50 position. Yeah. Uh, really, you mean, you see, did you see K1 level Ryan Hall dropped um, Darren Elkins like three times? Not just a great grappler, just a great athlete, a great Please. fighter. Complete. He's a complete warrior. So... Mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> yeah, I think they have to find a way to make this happen. I bet if, if you're it, Bryce Mitchell, though, you're, you're aiming for – because I don't know where you would rank Ryan Hall now. I mean obviously he's like perennially number one. Yeah. But I don't know if the UFC ranking, the media, the so-called media rankings view him that Is way. Is higher than um, one? Because he's probably Because that. that's – Yeah, yeah. yeah whatever that, whatever yeah, above exactly. one is. Uh, but I think, I think Bryce Mitchell will be looking for someone with an official number next to his name, a UFC uh, number next to his name. So oh, I don't know if Hall falls in that category. So I, I don't know if we see that next – is it the fight that should make next? Of course. It's the fight that should always be the, the, the main thing that the matchmaker should be working on all, at all times. Ryan Hall is ranked two spots above Bryce Mitchell right now. What number is he? 13? 13. Mm-hmm. Is he really? Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. He's, he's, When's the last time he fought? Ryan Hall? Yeah. December. That's not that long ago, I guess. He is ready to go. Oh, oh, Darren Elkins was ranked. That's right. Okay, Darren Elkins was ranked, so he took Darren Elkins' spot. Okay, well, that's yeah, that's that makes sense. And again, he's the best. Mitchell Hall is the fight to make. If not, Mitchell versus EK is one B for me. I, I see that. Oh, I like that too. But um, you know, normally I I don't I I like the fight. If Ryan Hall doesn't get booked this fight, the fight I want to see once he gets held up, I still want to see Ryan Hall versus Jeremy Stevens. Just. And I want to see a full 30-minute countdown show just with these guys. Just just sit them at a table like one of those like where they go head-to-head and they just, you know, let, let Jeremy Stevens mean mug him. I just – I love I love, I love love style I, clashes. I, I thought you were going to say you want to see a 30-minute fight, no rounds. 30-minute 30, 30 time limit, no rounds fight between both, Ryan Hall. Both. <laughs> give, give me everything. Why, why, why are you limiting me? This, this is America, man. Freedom. Come on. Old school UFC, UFC, yeah. uh, UFC, thirty minutes to a fight, uh, and then and then uh, judges decision. No, no decision. I guess it'd just be a draw no. if it lasts that long. No, but. it just yeah. Uh, Can I read this question from Aaron uh, Mabry? Go for it. Yes, he's probably not even listening anymore. It's been so long. Aaron Mabry, thank you for this question. What's next for, uh, you know, what Ty says. What's next for Bryce Mitchell 
and his legendary camo shorts. Oh, there he is. He popped back up again. What's next for Bryce Mitchell and his legendary camo shorts? He also just asked, where can we buy them? Probably Reebok.com. I don't know, but don't buy from them. Um, I just want to say <laughs> – you say don't buy from shorts, them? <laughs> you just did that one in there. Don't buy from them. I did. Wait are, we, wait, are they one of our sponsors? Because yeah. in that case, uh, yeah, Reebok's number one. Um, uh, it, it, the camo shorts jumped the shark tonight, right? Is that is that am I crazy? Well, I think they ha- I think they half asked it. He still wore the generic, you know, jumpsuit. You got you got to yeah. go camo all out. Oh. You know, his his corner oh. guys weren't oh. camo. Like, it's oh, like, uniform. <laughs> like it's it's a fight kit, not fight. He should have popped out of he should have popped out of a bush. They should have like a, a exactly. Bush. <laughs> no, like what they should have done. They should have done the walkout. The music played, and the camera guy's like, "Where is he? Where is he?" And he's already in the cage. He's, he can't see him. Oh, gosh. Come on, he's man. Just, Dana. This is how you make night. money. Come on, uh, man. Hot hey, takes. I did not I think we all loved when this campaign started. Uh and every time he dedicated any promo time to it, it was great. It was funny. It showed so much personality. Uh, and it's something we all wanted. We're like, yeah, they should fighters should be campaigning to, for more individuality and to have their custom gear. We all want that. But somewhere along the way, the UFC kind of co-opted this storyline. I mean, I did a whole video package for it where I swear they said the word camo shorts. 20 times in maybe like like a minute 90 seconds it was horrible uh i don't know if you remember in the wwe at fandango when fandango first came up and he had this cool dance he was doing and i'm trying to get my thank, thank you thank you i need the wide <laughs> shot he had this cool dance he was doing and people loved the crowd was doing it and it's really a stupid catchy song and then like they wanted to make it big so they had friggin 100 year old jerry lawler come out and go like hey kids the whole nation loves fandangoing, right? And then he started doing it, killed it. Killed. No one ever fandangoed again. Uh, and the same thing sort of happened with the camo shorts today. I think people are like, the Yoshi's like, hey, look at these camo shorts we let this guy have. Aren't we a cool company? And I'm like, hmm. Hmm. it's kind of lost its magic now, hasn't it? Yeah. It's corporate camo shorts. I hate to say it. So it's like, yeah, they like- should have went all out with it. It's like when your parents get on Twitter or something and they and they start commenting on your stuff. It's just like, ah, uh, I hate everything now. <laughs> uh, I thought what I wrote was cool. And my mom, <laughs> my mom, my mom says I'm cool. I don't get it, guys. Why does everyone hate me? I already, I already have her validation. I don't need to. Uh, anyway. Wait, Mike, uh, are you still down with it? Are you still down with the camel shorts? <laughs> I agree. It should have been like, camo everything coaches shirts walkout sweatpants shoe sneakers everything everything should have been camo and i saw people say on twitter it's like there's they're essentially saying isn't this cool that we let this one fighter have wear this like this unique outfit and we make all our other fighters wear crap <laughs> like that's kind of what it, it's kind of what it looked like they're like they're like telling on themselves with this like by basing so much promotion around this one this one aspect as like you know what how you make this makes everything else you do look right how many but years even I, like oh sorry even like feely shorts were like like different too they were like blue and it looked like there was like laser beams all over them like, those are different too okay i mean i don't know but if, who cares i mean good for bryce <laughs> yeah but who ca- i mean who cares yeah, who cares and, and unless unless well, like yeah yeah we got casey dressed like giant gonzalez over here yeah i want to see that that's what we were I'm shredded. Look at these traps. Friend of the show, uh, <laughs> Jessica from the Crystal Crew, was asking on Twitter uh, what what Halloween song should people come out to? Like, what any fighter come out to? And I said, if someone came out to the Werewolf Bar Mitzvah song from uh, Thirty Rock, 
I would I would crap my pants. I would crap if someone had come out of that song, I would have just like le- I would have left. I would just like stopped tweeting. I would have stopped doing my job for the night. So it's good no one did because I'm so I'm here. But I would have loved that or Monster Mass something like that. But there's some good there's some good walkouts today. I'm not gonna hate. Yeah, the, like the two best ones are Hernandez and Gritzmacher, in my opinion. Oh. Was, was that the Fleetwood Mac versus yeah. uh, oh. Rob Zombie? Versus oh, Zombie, so, yeah. Oh, I I heard the people. Mac, I didn't hear. I didn't hear the Rob Zombie. What did he? What did he? What did he walk out to? Like, you remember? more human than human. Ah. All right. So, all right. but that needs a crowd. That needs like a crowd. You got it. That's got it. Needs a slow build, and then like you know, once it ramps up, then you kind of like Clay Guida run down to the ring. But obviously, you can't really do that. You can't really do that at the apex, unfortunately. Man, and, uh, and Hernandez shouldn't have had a big bottle of like cranberry juice. I know. know. Like, come on, let's, let's go all out. You know. Man. That- you know, sorry, uh, it's not one of their. Ocean Spray is not one of their uh, sponsors, so you know they wouldn't allow it. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You know that was not going to fly on the air. Zero percent chance. Why are these corporations making this not fun? I know. Um, any more questions? Come on, people. Yeah, right. I agree. The night itself, though, I think, like you said in your intro to the show, Mike, it did have some uh, some spooky moments. The Holland slam was scary. There was a ton of blood. Uh, even yeah. when, man, it was kind of a surreal scene at the end with with Holland um, Silva because they're trying to wipe the blood off of him and close the cut. Uh, the cut guy was there just doing his job, and I think someone said just give them a minute or something. And then as uh, Hall and uh, Andrew Silva are talking, like the cut opens up again, and blood just starts dripping from like Silva's face while they're having this moment and hugging and. <laughs> And again, it's the sort of scene you can only see in MMA, which is what we love about it. Uh, so that was that was a crazy scene. Um, yeah, a lot of finishes, a lot of blood. So very uh, very Halloween appropriate event for the first one, first one in UFC history. Agreed. I did not see anyone walk out as a sexy nurse, so it was not Halloween to me. Jeez. <laughs> one more question. Yeah. All right. All right. Do do do. Uh, uh, real quick. Oh my gosh, it's a big question. Darling boy. Do you think with Venom taking over Reebok's place, fighters will be allowed to express themselves more? No. Also, I think the <laughs> UFC should allow a sponsor patch so it so it doesn't like NASCAR and fighters get money. No, it's not going to happen. The you listen. The, yeah. All you needed all you needed to see was the press conference announcing this deal. Okay, and what do they say? The fighters are going to get more money than they got the Reebok deal. How much more? Probably not much more. But that's it. That's all you're going to get. It's it sucks. It stinks and it sucks and it stinks, but that's just the way that it is. And no, we won't see anything cool. We won't see anything individualistic. It sucks. I want to see the fighters be able to express themselves a little bit more with their fight gear. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't have a lot of faith. Anybody you disagree with me? No. Zero. The, the, the UFC is about control. Uh, it, it is about controlling its product. It's one of the reasons it's been as successful as it is. I think it's one of the reasons uh, that's also held it back in some ways. But again, I'm not the one cutting the beans out there. I'm sure they they believe in what they're doing. So uh, yes, as fans and as members of the media, you know, we see things a different way. Like I think there's a room for growth there. Again, when you allow for more individuality, I think that's how the UFC became as big as it did. Um, but this position they're in now, they feel a need to take those kind of risks, and so they won't. <clears throat> Maybe Venom stuff will just be so just much cooler looking. You know what I mean? It won't be as boring as Reebok. Venom does make cool stuff. They do make they do. They actually do make good gear, but it's not. We're not talking about that. We're talking about individual gear. Like, are they gonna have cool stuff for this fighter? Cool stuff for that fighter? You know, I get. I get. You can't do five hundred custom outfits, but why not? Actually, 
I watch. We watch enough pro wrestling. They all have individual outfits. It's, yes. I, I don't get it, man. Like, so you don't need to do five hundred. Let's just do. Let's do a dozen. Let's start a dozen different ones, maybe. But um, I do wonder if a lot of a lot of wrestlers pay for their own gear, though. They do. They do. Unfortunately, yeah. They do. Yeah, they do. So there you go. But That's, yeah. Uh, Casey, we, Casey, we can't go on that question. What a downer. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, I'll. I'll. Anything? Um. Duh, I don't want to. I'll, I'm keeping it. Yeah, people are really into the sexy nurse. <laughs> well, you you brought it up. <laughs> oh man, it's not okay. Okay, let's go out on some. Yeah, we don't. Hey, what's what's a positive thing about the card tonight that we can just go out on? Like, okay. you know what? What, what, what did we not I talk mean, about? What, what did we not talk about? You know, you know what? That was pretty awesome. Yeah, who did who? Uh, I'll say I'll say uh, two things, man. Uh, Sean Strickland uh, getting a win, uh, uh, coming That's back. Fun. And gosh, the talking was so much fun. Wonderful. I mean, wonderful. Uh, there's pros and cons to not having a crowd. One of the big pros, boy, if someone decides to talk in that cage, you are going to hear everything. And Sean Strickland was definitely aware. He's, I think, it's, uh, midway through the second, he kind of realized, like, man, I bet everyone. I think he was like, I bet everyone in in this building and everyone at home can hear what I'm saying because he got louder he was, and louder and louder. I felt like he was mic'd up. I felt like there was an actual microphone <laughs> on him. I was like, how is the like, audio did so clear for that? Like, did not need it. He was talking. He was like, "Come on, man! Come on, come on! Uh, oh man, man! Why aren't you going down? Yeah, you gotta fall, you gotta down. fall down, man!" Uh, and then they're like, "Come on, we got ten seconds left. Let's go, ten seconds. Okay. Oh man, five seconds. Let's go. Five come seconds. On, seconds. Like, holy, this guy is. I forgot. I mean, I, I remembered him being good. I'd forgotten how entertaining he was because it has been two over two years since he last fought. And uh, the other one, uh, Dustin Jacoby. I mean, a lot of people don't get this chance after eight. years away from the ufc if you go uh, if you don't pick up a win in your first round of the ufc he went oh and two back in 2012 i guess or 2011 2012 and uh and then the ufc doesn't pick you up for like eight years you're probably not coming back okay they're, 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 you have maybe a small window as a fighter for your second chance at the ufc maybe three years four years five years uh usually you have to end up going to another promotion maybe making a name there uh justin kobe just just uh, Dustin Jacoby just did like the old fashioned way. He's just grinding away on like the regional scene, you know, and then comes back and gets his first UFC win almost uh, almost nine years after his UFC debut. Think about that. That's a if he never wins another fight, that's a great friggin' story. Uh, so very cool moment for Justin Jacoby and very cool moment for uh, Sean Strickland. Very fun. Uh, Sean Strickland, maybe the funnest fight of the night. So I kind of wish they that's found a way to get him a bonus, him and uh, Jack Marshman a bonus as well. So uh, yeah, a lot of positives. Yeah, can you imagine that when just. Justin, oh, I can't say his name now. Justin on Justin. It was Dustin on Justin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Dustin Jacoby, when he lost his second fight in the UFC, like afterwards, you know, you know what? This guy needs about a decade to sim- <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to get, to get <laughs> give him a decade. We'll see him back, and he'll yeah, he's gonna be impressive. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, congratulations to him. Super nice guy. Um, I met him in Glory. Um, and like. I saw him get his ass kicked, and I saw him beat up some people. So I was like, man, the fact that he's still doing it and still made a nice little paycheck tonight, good on him. Keep living those yep. dreams. Yeah. A circuit – I shouldn't have tried to say this word. <laughs> wait, 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 say it again. Hold circuit, on. I, I'm, I'm giving you the solo camera. Circuitous route. 
back to the UFC. Here I forgot that there was a, a gap that he took off there to go pursue kickboxing and not fight in MMA for about about three and a half years. Yeah. So uh, what a roundabout way of making your way back to the UFC. Again, guys, you know, look, that's one of the beauties of this of uh, this game that we cover, you know, is you just can't count anybody out, you know? You can't count anybody out. So it's really it was really nice to see. Getting emotional again, guys. Getting Uriah Hall, some Uriah Hall feelings here. You know what's wild is that remember in May when Anthony Smith lost to Glover Teixeira and like Mark Montoya was like the devil of coaches. Like how dare you allow your fighter to take this kind of a beating? And like it was he just got turded on for like 72 hours until Anthony Smith started doing media and was like, listen, if Mark Montoya had thrown in the towel, uh, I would have fired him and he would never have coached me again. So he was looked at and frowned upon in, in a big way. But look what happened. Look what's happened over the last couple of months. I mean, good God. Between Brandon Royval, what Yusuf Salal has done this year, Luigi Vendermedi getting the win that he got, Kraus getting the win that he got, and now Alex Hernandez and Dustin Jacoby. Factory X is rolling right now. Yeah, they've, been, X, they've been rolling and, for a while. It's just, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, under, under, yeah, get, 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 get that guy in what the heck. I want to, we, we, we need to know more about him. <laughs> He's a good interview. Uh, Factory Mark, X and yeah. Fortis. Yeah. Factory X and Fortis, well represented yes. today. Well represented. For sure. I'd love to get Mark Montoya. The last time I talked to him was right before the John Jones Anthony Smith fight. And hearing him try to like break down John Jones and just like the excitement he had to like try to solve that puzzle, like gave me goosebumps. It was awesome. All right. So a- there you go. All right. We got anything else? We're good. We're good. Take us out. Take All us right. out. Take us out. Readers, oh, I'll say again, as always, though, viewers. You guys are the best. The viewer count always seems to like go up during the show. You guys are crazy. Like, are you calling your friends and telling them to hop onto the show? Please don't do that. That's. <laughs> I, I welcome all viewers, but I mean, really, don't bother your friends with this stuff. They don't need to hear about us. There you go. Thanks, what guys. a way to what a way to set this up. Of course, lots of uh, lots more on this card um, Monday morning. On to the next one. AK and myself, we will uh, do some matchmaking for the main card as well as I think Alex Hernandez and the wild card. Always fun for the wild card. Uh, between the links, we'll talk about the card as well. And then uh, onwards and upwards. A-side, what the heck. And then we get you ready for UFC Vegas 13, I think we're going with. That'll be headlined by Glover Teixeira versus Thiago Santos. Hell of a fight. Big one at 205. Um, for, I guess, the number one contender for the winner of Blahovich versus Adesanya. <laughs> So there we go. That's where we're at right now. So we're done. UFC Vegas 12 in the books, at least for tonight. Uh, for Giant Gonzalez. And uh, I don't, what are you, AK? That's not AK. I don't know where AK is. The monkey man. The man. <laughs> for Giant Gonzalez and the monkey man, I am Mike Heck. Good night. <laughs> Happy rest of your Halloween. You guys are all crazy. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Dreams. <laughs> Dreams. <laughs> Happy Halloween. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.